0: You're listening to Elevated, a post-NARC life podcast by certified coach, Laura, by the way. Welcome everyone, back to a new episode. Today, we're gonna talk a little bit about how to implement all the things that you're learning and apply it to a specific thing that you're creating. You remember how in one of the episodes recently, I talked about how what you're building is a vehicle for your healing. You don't have to wait until... You have done all of the work to heal from the narcissist in your life, to get all of the narcissist effects out of your brain in order for you to start creating something new, something different, something that doesn't exist yet. You don't have to wait for that. You can use the thing you're creating as the means by which you achieve the healing and doing the inner work. It's actually a beautiful process because you can actually use the thing that you're creating as the mirror, as the thing that shows you where it is you need to do the work, it's so amazing. So today we're gonna focus on one of my favorite things to build, which is business. I am so passionate about business, I love business, I've been doing business now for I guess five years, four or five years, I don't know where we're at. I officially opened my business in 2019. So it hasn't been terribly long, but it also hasn't been terribly short either, so I've got quite a few years under my belt and i've got lots and lots of clients that i've had the privilege of working with and i've got some things to say about building a business and i'm sure there are many many lessons i have yet to learn but that's okay we are on this amazing journey and building a business has been such a vehicle for healing for me and i did do a lot of work before i started my business but the, the thing is i didn't really care about business i didn't want to start a business i've always wanted to be kind of dependent on others' businesses. I didn't really even think of the world in terms of business. I just thought you went to work and got paid and then you came home. And that was just a thing. And then entrepreneurs were really risky and who knows what's going to happen with them. But there were jobs and jobs were stable. When in reality, the whole world is literally, like literally commerce is run by entrepreneurs. Commerce is run by people who decided to be brave enough to open a business. It's truly fascinating. Like Every secure quote-unquote job you think exists, exists because of someone who knows how to run a business, including government jobs. A lot of government jobs, like for example, my husband's a teacher and we have that quote-unquote stable income coming in from his his job as an educator, but that's not more stable than any other entrepreneur. The government, (laughs) as you already probably know, has to deal with multiple threats of shutdown. They're in trillions of dollars of debt. And yes, the money comes in every two weeks and it's been amazing and I'm so grateful, but it's not the stable thing that we think it is. At any given time, they could shut the school down. They could pass a massive budget cut and my husband's job would be out. And the people running the show with things like education and other government-run projects or non-government-run projects. It doesn't matter. This is not a commentary on the government, but (laughs) things are run by people who are savvy in business. Things are run by people who know how to make investments. People who provide the curriculum, for example, and books and materials for all of the students are run by businesses. Those are government contracts. The government doesn't create the curriculum for you. They have to hire people whose job it is to create the curriculum. And so somebody opened a business, created curriculum and things for students, and the government hires them and uses their materials and requires the teachers to use their books and all of the things. So isn't it fascinating? Really, business is what makes the world go round. It's, It's how we have everything that we have somebody was innovative, somebody took a risk, somebody invested in themselves, somebody had an idea, had a passion, and they put that into the world. And then other people were like, yeah, that sounds great. I want that. That helps my life. That makes my life easier and makes things better. Let's go. And that is the beauty of business. And I'm so grateful for business and I'm so excited to be part of it being part of this world, being in the race, (laughs) being uh, in the ring, so to speak, of having a business and offering what I offer to the world. And just all the lessons that you learn and all the things that come with it is just the most amazing thing. It's definitely a ride. For sure, for me, it's definitely been a roller coaster, not going to lie, but I have learned so much. I've had to confront so many of my own blind spots, Or things that haven't been fully cleaned up in my work on myself, healing from narcissism and healing from all of the things. And so it's just been the coolest thing. You get to use a business that you're passionate about to not only support your healing and to begin a lot of healing in places you never would have looked, but you also get to serve the world and create something of value that somebody else could use and somebody else could need. It's amazing. It's truly the coolest thing. So I love, I love business, very passionate about it. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to build a business and what you have to confront while you're building that business as an example. And then I'll talk to you about a client or two that I've had that are building businesses right now that are really making headway and what it looked like to help them with the specific narcissism recovery type coaching that we do because that is my special niche. I I love my niche, by the way. I love it have I had my up and down with my niche? Yes, I have. I'll give you a little insight. Almost like every other day or every other week, I'm like, I'm definitely in the wrong niche. Nobody cares about narcissism. Everybody thinks it's too negative. This is a terrible idea. I should just go be a business coach or a general life coach and just talk about manifesting and call it a day. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> every other week or every other day, that thought occurs to me every single time. And I, I just think it's great. I, I, not a lot of people niche down into what I do. It is really specific and there's a whole world of narcissism out there. That's all about, you know, all of the traits like the gaslighting and the triangulation and the it's very victim story based and it's really all about like the validation and about like hey I see you this is a thing this is what narcissists do you're not alone this is how it feels like you're allowed to get angry you're allowed to get bitter and you absolutely are please if you got to go through that go through that I went through that I needed to go through that you have to get angry sometimes because the anger uh, eventually will show you the grief. If you keep going, you'll eventually be able to process through the grief. I wouldn't stay in the anger place, in the bitter place. That's where the narcissist wants you to stay. If if you can feel like a victim all the time, then you're a lot easier to manipulate. So I just, just a, a a cautionary, a little warning there. If you have to go through that, I respect you. I understand you. There's no problem there, but if you stay there, it's going to, be more of a problem than it is going to be a solution. Uh, but all in, all in good time, everything happens when it's supposed to. So there's no rush wherever you're at is exactly where you're supposed to be. Okay. All right. Anyway, so not everyone does the whole narcissism thing and it's a whole different world out there. And so I'm really carving out a new path and that is both amazing and fun and awesome and unique. And also it's terrifying and lonely (laughs) and scary But you know what? My clients go through that same thing. When they are confronting the work, when they are becoming the next versions of themselves and realizing what's happening and making new choices and setting boundaries and deciding to be a different person, deciding to step out of the victim mentality, they are forging a new path. Typically, they are forging a new path surrounded by people who want to stay in the old path because the the people surrounding them want to stay victims. They want them to stay victimized. They want to be able to have full control over that person and emotionally abuse them and they take full advantage of the lack of boundaries, right? There's a dynamic there and they're used to that dynamic and they want to keep it there. And so as the person is doing the healing, they feel like they are alone. They feel like they are forging a path, a path in the wilderness and it feels terribly alone. They feel like no one gets it. And that is not a fun place to be all the time, but it is so amazing, especially when, and as you get to, Well, I don't know if there's another side, but it feels like there can be another side. I think there is. Okay. There's another side. The other side of, oh, I love myself. Oh, I trust myself. Oh, boundaries actually feel really safe. I can stay here and protect myself. And I'm not going to have a panic attack about the person who is upset at me, the person who wants to take advantage of me, but can't anymore. I can actually feel calm about that. It's a wonderful, beautiful place to live. And so when they get there they realize, oh, all that loneliness, all that all that fear, all of it was worth it. I'm so happy where I'm at right now, but it is a little bit of a wilderness for a minute. And so for me, when I'm going through that wilderness of like I'm forging a path that doesn't exist, <laughs> I'm creating it, and let me tell y'all, it's messy. Just look at my podcast. My podcast is like it's all over the place. (laughs) I'm trying to organize it into like seasons and like evolutions and things like that. But it has been very difficult for me to be consistent with the output of content, for me to be consistent with where I put my content. And I'm still learning those lessons and I'm still figuring it out. But here I am. I'm recording this podcast. I'm putting it out there. I'm learning lots of amazing lessons and it's all going to serve me and it's all going to serve you. Every lesson I learned for myself serves my clients. And every lesson you learn for yourself serves your people. It serves yourself and it serves your children, especially, and the people around you. The people around you that you care about who happen to be narcissistic. It's kind of tricky because on the one hand, you can go no contact. You can totally cut people out of your life if you want to. That is always an option. But if you don't want to, for whatever reason that you have and there's no wrong answer here maybe you want to keep that person in your life. A lot of my clients have narcissist moms. And typically when you come to me with a narcissist problem, you don't just have one narc, you typically have a lot of narcissists because you were either raised by one, so you have all of the effects of having been raised by one, so therefore you attract more narcissists into your life. And the reality is you're not actually attracting them, you don't actually say, come here. There are just so many narcissists in the world and you're being raised by, by narcissists keep you into habits of tolerating a lot of narc behavior. So narcissists are always on the prowl for people who will tolerate them and who will be easily manipulated by them. They are always, always, always testing the waters. And so when they come across you and you've been raised by narcissists, they can easily survival based tell they have this like instinct. They have this ability to tell when people can tolerate and they push those boundaries. And as you give them that leeway, because you accept or allow narcissist things in your life, they know that they can use you. And so they stick with you and they kind of, you know, draw you in and they take advantage of all the things that as you were raised by narcissists, um, all of those effects that you have, you know, like people pleasing and lack of boundaries and lack of self-trust and lack of self-esteem and not the ability not to say no or, or thoughts in your head, like I'm a good person, so I should do this, or I'm not a heartless person, so I'm not going to do this. Like they instinctively know this and they take full advantage of it. And so it's not you attracting them. It's that you're in a massive pool full of narcissists and they are always scanning and they happen to pick out really quickly people who will tolerate them. So that's what that means. When someone says you attract them, you don't actually attract them. (laughs) They're just, they're just always there anyway. So, so yeah, it's been a journey and everything I'm learning is going to serve my people and everything you're learning is going to serve your people. So as you're making decisions about whether or not to keep the person in your life, what you want to do is you want to look at where there is narcissism in your life and maybe the people in your life aren't full blown narcs. That's a possibility. A lot of people are mostly on the spectrum, but really, it's a, it's about like emotional immaturity. It's how they were raised. A lot of people were abused. A lot of people in the Boomer generation were abused. Maybe there's been cycles of abuse for generations. We don't know. So narcissism is very cyclical. And so if you have someone in your life that you care about who has narcissist tendencies, but you don't want them to be out of your life, there are specific things you need to do to stay safe. And we talk about those throughout all of the content that I have. And The main thing is making that choice is entirely up to you. You do not have to do one or another one or, you know, because going no contact in particular does not mean that you're going to heal. It just means it gives you space to heal. So if you need that space, create that for yourself. If you don't want to create the space to heal at this time, you want to keep your mom in your life or your dad or your sibling or whomever. You want to set up appropriate boundaries for yourself and for them. And you want to practice getting those boundaries in place. And that's a, that's a process where we say, okay, what boundary you want to set with that person? If any, but I recommend boundaries, boundaries, like I don't tolerate when you talk to me that way. So I'm going to hang up the phone or boundaries. Like, I'm not going to be sucked into this conversation about this person. I'm not going to be triangulated. So if you start talking about them in that way, I'm either going to change the subject or I'm going to, you know, leave or whatever, you Just whatever boundary you need to set, we can figure that out as we go um and then the process of trying that boundary out crashing and burning <laughs> reevaluating trying it again and then eventually you build up a certain network of boundaries and limits where you can operate safely around the people in your life that have narcissist tendencies. And then at the same time, you also work on your own narcissist tendencies because you have to get yourself out of the dynamic one way or another. You either get yourself out of the dynamic by going no contact or limited contact or you get yourself out of the dynamic by really seeing how you're in the dynamic noticing where you're participating in addition to where they're participating, not from a place of self blame, but from a place of just looking at reality so that you can make better decisions because the more awareness that you have about what's happening, the more agency you have, the more, the more you're able to make decisions that you want to make. Okay. Okay. That was a little bit of a tangent, but hopefully that made some sense. (laughs) So I want to talk about business. Building a business is, is so great. You need a lot to build a business. You need vision. You need self-trust. You need confidence. In fact, I would say you need a little bit of delusion, and that's where the fun of narcissism can come in. (laughs) Obviously, we don't want to be narcissists, okay? But a lot of uh, certain types of narcissists, like overt narcissists, grandiose narcissists, they tend to have delusions of grandeur, right? Which is just a survival mechanism. When someone has the delusion of grandeur, they... They need something big to make them feel like they can approach good enough. If they can be the best of the best of the best of the best, they never have to worry about not being good enough. So that's all that is. But we want to kind of take a page from that book and borrow a little tiny sprinkling of the delusion. You need to have belief in your vision, unconditional belief, because the thing you're building is not does not exist yet. It just doesn't exist yet. So you have to literally believe in a fantasy something that has no basis in reality yet. But as you build it, it will become reality. So it's just, it's a little bit of delusion that gets, you know, <laughs> the party started. <laughs> but we don't stay in delusion for a very long time, okay? <laughs> and we don't need it, right? Delusion, again, is a it's a survival mechanism. And you're not using it as a survival mechanism, you're using it as a means to help you stay in belief of the vision that you're creating. So let's say you wanna build a business. And you have this idea of a business that doesn't exist yet because it doesn't, even if someone does exactly what you do, it's not you doing it. So your business does not exist yet. You want to be able to create the vision. You want to draw out exactly what you want that business to look like, not what you think it will look like, not what you think other people will think it should look like, but what you actually want it to look like. You have an idea, you have a goal, a dream, a vision, and you want to get it out on paper. You want to look at the, if all the conditions were ideal, if you could have anything you wanted, if you could have everything you wanted, if it were easy and you could just poof, snap your fingers and this business was created, what would that look like and why you want to get down to why you really having a business is not easy. It's, it's, it's actually very difficult. <laughs> there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of failure. There's a lot of pivoting. Um, there's just so much on the journey uh, in entrepreneurship. And so you wanna really be close to the why that you're doing it. So for example, for me, I keep going because of my why. Why do I do this business? Because there are people who are suffering out there and I know exactly how to help them. And I have special gifts, special experiences, and special desires that all line up to create this business for my people, because there are people who need other coaches that do what I do, that do it in their way. And there are people who need the coaching that I do in my way. And I need to put myself out there so that they can get the help that they need, that they can't get anywhere else. So that's why I do deal. And I also do it because I want to create meaning from all of the suffering. I want to use the suffering to create something beautiful in this world because I think that is part of kind of our life's purpose. Maybe not all the time. Just experiencing life, just existing is good enough. Being able to be alive and experience life is good enough. You don't have to take it to the next level of like I got to create meaning from all the suffering. You don't have to do that. That's not required. But I like to do that because it moves me. It it motivates me. It keeps me going. It creates so much meaning for me and I enjoy it. So that's the other reason why I do what I do. So you want to connect to your why. And then as you go out into business, what what it's going to look like is you're going to say, Hey, I have this thing that is a value and I want to offer it to the world in exchange for a different type of value. And so when you do that process, it's like, well, you actually have to value what it is you're offering up for value, right? You actually have to believe that what you have is valuable. And you have to continue to believe that it's valuable even when people, when other people don't value it. So you're going to put your stuff out into the world and you're going to say, hey, this thing is valuable. And other people are going to be like, no, it's not. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that valuable? Why is that valuable? And they're not going to validate the value that you have in the thing that you're offering. They're not going to do that for you. You have to provide that for yourself. Eventually people will catch on and eventually people will start to value it but you cannot wait until other people value it before you do. So that's, that's the narcissist dynamic, okay? The narcissist dynamic is to say, I'm depending on you outside of me to validate the emotions that I have, to validate the value that I have as a person, okay? So you have to flip that on its head. When you go to put your thing into the world of value, you cannot be in the narcissist dynamic of waiting for other people to validate that value you have to say, no, I value this thing no matter what. Whether or not you or you or you or you value it, I don't care, I value it for the reasons that I have. And I will always value it no matter what. No matter what if people don't value it, that's fine. Whether they value it or not, my value is unconditional. This is really, really important and it's so healing to do this. It's so healing because once you learn that lesson, of unconditional value of the thing that you have and the person that you are, right? That's the whole point. That's the whole point of doing this work is to teach you how to value yourself unconditionally, how to love yourself unconditionally. And so when you practice that through your business by saying I'm going to value the thing that I offer unconditionally, that opens up your brain to the possibility that hey, I can do that for myself too. And vice versa, you can do it first. You can say I love myself first And then you use that to build unconditional value into the thing that you're offering. Either way, there's no right direction for this to happen. Okay. But it's, it's so awesome that this was an opportunity for you to learn that either for the first time or on a deeper level. How cool is that? And then as you continue to offer your thing of value to other people, unconditionally, you start to see the ups and downs of business. Sometimes you you know make money sometimes you don't sometimes you got to pivot sometimes you got to change but at the end of the day if you value what you offer and you value yourself unconditionally you're not going to ride that roller coaster of of success in the sense of the emotional roller coaster the roller coaster of success yeah you're going to ride that you're going to be up and down at least in the beginning but the emotional roller coaster attached to whether or not you love yourself or value yourself is not going to be up and down. If you have that unconditional value for yourself. Now, are you going to be perfect at this? No, let's not be perfect at anything. Perfectionism has no place in this work. Okay. So when you ride the roller coaster of success and you ride the emotional roller coaster that is tied to your success, you just want to be really compassionate with yourself. A ton, a ton, a ton of compassion. Compassion is really important in your life and in your business. You wanna be able to have compassion on yourself and not beat yourself up for saying the thing. I wrote an email once, I don't remember if I talked about this before, but I wrote an email once that, gosh, I was a year or two ago, I don't remember, where I actually I actually fabricate. I said a, a lie, I, I fabricated in the email something that hadn't quite existed yet. Now, if, I, if you really look at the specifics of it, you could kind of, it was vague enough where you can kind of see how it was true, but the intention behind the email was to inflate the results I was getting to convince the reader to buy my services, right? It was, it was, it was a narc dynamic type thing. And I had a lot of shame about that once I realized what was happening. In fact, I was called out by it, by one of the readers of my emails. And uh, cause you know, she knows me and she was just like, what is this? <laughs> You're, are you actually lying to your audience to get a sale? What are you doing? So a lot of shame, a ton and ton of shame. And narcissism recovery is all about healing shame. Narcissists feel tons and tons of shame. And so I felt a lot of shame. It took a lot, a lot, a lot of time and work and effort to like heal from that experience to be able to say, okay, I did a thing that I didn't want to do, but I did it because I was feeling scarce. And because I was thinking, I thought that my audience need to needs to believe something false about me in order to buy from me. And of course that's not true. But in that moment I was so scarce. That's what I was feeling. And I kind of, and that's what I did. That was the, the process that led to that action. And so I decided, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't need to do that anymore. I forgive myself. And that took so much work to forgive myself. Y'all forgive self forgiveness has been one of the, uh, one of the biggest struggles I've had, I would say along this journey, because I, because holding the shame is so important to my brain. My brain needs to hold on to the shame because if I can punish myself enough, then I will be able to make the narc happy in my life. I will be able to be safe. And even though there's no active narcissist in my life right now, where that dynamic is playing out, my brain still has that habit. It still has that, that deep, deep rooted belief that shaming myself over and over and over again. And in a way that hurts really, really bad is going to somehow keep me safe. But shaming myself really hard does not keep me safe from doing that again. In fact, it keeps me in a lot of pain. And when you're in a lot of pain, you're not producing at the highest value. You're not able to be creative and and access inspiration and actually think about what your audience needs and what your audience wants to hear. It's not about what your audience needs to hear in order to buy. It's about what your audience wants to hear, what they will benefit from. And I didn't know that in that moment because I was feeling really scarce. And then I went through a process of trying to manage the, the shame that I was feeling. And eventually I got through it and I got past it. And I learned some very valuable very profound lessons that I'm sharing with you today, that shame and punishing yourself is not necessary in business. You don't have to do that to yourself. We do look at reality. We say, okay, that I, I know what I was doing and I did this for this reason. So I'm going to choose not to do that anymore. That's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. It's not what my audience wants or needs. So it's not necessary. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to focus on loving myself unconditionally, valuing what I have to offer into the world and having that unconditional belief and unconditional self-love and connecting to my why, connecting to who I want to connect with and then put out into the world what they need and then just redirecting myself to that over and over and over again. It's not easy. It's not fun. What's really fun about that email? I can't even tell you how much time I spent in shame about that. It was like months of shame. What's really interesting is that no one else cared, <laughs> right? I, my, my friend pointed it out and that was really good because she's my friend, but no one else even cared because when you send an email, people barely read it sometimes. Sometimes they barely read. Some people read every word and that's amazing and I love you for that if you're reading every word, but no one noticed or cared, <laughs> right? <laughs> so even if you make huge mistakes in your business, no one's really going to see it as much as you see it even if they do, they're not going to care as much. Now, as you get bigger and bigger and have a much bigger audience, now you're into the thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. That's a different story. And we can talk about cancel culture another day, but <laughs> when you're first starting out your business, you really don't have to worry about that. You, you are the one that's on top of your business and is seeing everything. And you're the one that's going to be <laughs> dealing with that emotional roller coaster of, of shame and guilt and all the things. All right. So Avoiding self-punishment, having a ton of compassion is really important in your business. Self-trust. So self-trust is one of those things that we're not allowed to have in a narcissist dynamic. You cannot trust yourself in a narcissist dynamic because self-trust leads to boundaries. Self-trust leads to, no, this is my limit. I trust that this is my limit and I'm going to stand up for my limit. But a narcissist needs to dismantle your self-trust because if you are constantly second guessing yourself right through gaslighting. They also teach you how to avoid self-trust by gaslighting you constantly, making you feel like you're going crazy. They rely on you to not have that self-trust. They need you to not have that self-trust. And so as you're surviving a narcissist, you're not trusting yourself and then you go into adulthood and then you create this thing that doesn't exist yet, this amazing business, you're gonna have a hard time trying to trust yourself. You're gonna be like, wait, what? Is this the right thing? Should I be doing this? Am I good enough? Can I do this? Like, you're going to be constantly self-get second-guessing yourself, right? So what we want to do is we want to see it, recognize it. It's like, oh, okay, my lack of self-trust is a survival mechanism. It's how I survived my narcissist situation, but it's not how I'm going to build my successful business. I'm going to lead with self-trust. I'm going to trust that what I want is okay, that what I have is valuable. I'm going to trust that I make really good decisions, even if I make mistakes. So going back to that email that I... That, that I sent that is, was not in alignment with who I want to be or the work I want to put in the world and was kind of ironic considering I help people recover from narcissism and I kind of used a little bit of a narc tactic to kind of get their business, right? Let's say that you do something like that, you still have to have self-trust even when you make mistakes. I still have to trust myself that what I'm doing is right, that what my business is is valuable to the world. And it is, I know that it is. And I know that I'm the person to do it in my way for this time. And I can trust that. I can trust that I'm not going to be perfect, but I am going to keep going. That whatever I do that is valuable will be valuable enough and that I can sometimes make mistakes. I will do my very best to not make mistakes as much as I can, but I'm going to continue to self-trust no matter what. All right, same thing with self-confidence. Having confidence in yourself is a mental game. You have to look at the thoughts in your brain that are not supporting your confidence. You have to realize that they're there and you have to decide, am I gonna continue thinking this thought? Thinking this thought of like, I'm good enough. One of the many, excuse me, one of the biggest things that the narcissist relies on is you believing that you're not good enough. And believing that you're not good enough is not gonna help you with self-confidence, right? We have to have the self-confidence to be able to say, hey, I have something that is valuable and I'm good enough to put it out in this world. Believing that you are good enough. In fact, I don't even like playing that game of enough or not enough. Of course, you're enough. That's a given because you exist. Okay. It's not about whether you're good enough or not. It's just about you exist. You're a human. You have value. You give value to the world. And that's going to come back to you. And it's going to be great. You were put on this earth for a purpose. And you can have confidence going forward that even if you're not perfect, also perfectionism plays into the self-confidence thing. We don't want perfectionism to drive the bus in our business. If you have perfectionism, you will not have self-confidence. <laughs> you will, When we have perfectionism, it what it means is we only have confidence in the perfectness. So if we are perfect, then it's safe to be confident, but it's not true. You're never going to be perfect and it's okay. It's actually part of the plan that you're not perfect and you can have confidence regardless of perfection. So enoughness and perfectionism are going to be the survival mechanisms that you have learned while you were surviving your narcissist that are going to get in the way of the confidence you need to create and put a business out there. So what you want to do is deal with those. Of course, I'm good enough. That's not even a question. And I don't have to be perfect to be valuable. There's no, no need for perfection here. Boundaries is next. So you want to have boundaries in your business. When I first started my business, oh my gosh, I had zero boundaries. I was working all day long all night long and not like I was at the computer working all day long and all night long. I was, my brain was processing and in my business all day long and all night long. It was miserable. I never had a break. I had no boundaries because I I couldn't trust that my business was going to succeed. I had to be like constantly vigilant over it and worried. And (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was really, really intense. I had no boundaries. I had no time boundaries. Clients could do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. I was doing whatever price that worked for the client. I had no boundaries and that was miserable. Let me tell you. So it's miserable in life to not have boundaries with narcissists. And it's also miserable to not have boundaries in your business. So you can use the vehicle of your business to practice having those boundaries, set up time limits for your business. When are you going to work on your business? And when are you not going to work on your business? When are you going to be able to think about it? And when are you going to turn it off to not think about it? You have to have space in your life to not think about your business too. Okay. It's a balance there, but you also have space to think about your business. You have to have space to work on your business. So you need to have those boundaries, but you need to know your limits. What is your pricing? What is how you want to work with clients? Or I assume clients, but maybe it's a product you want to put out in the world. Maybe it's a practice you want to open and you have patients. I have a lot of clients who are uh, doctors and practitioners of health. And anyway, so you can set up those boundaries, whatever those look like for you, and then you practice them. And it's not going to be easy because in business, you attract narcs too, because narcs are everywhere. And so everybody attracts them all the time, right? (laughs) I, I attract narcs in my business all the time because they, they are also victims of narcissists, right? So when they come to me for help, I, I have to vet them. I have, I have, I ask specific questions and I do a consultation to make sure that the person I'm working with is not too far on the narcissist spectrum. And that is a tricky call to make. And I have had to learn through hard experience what that line is. <laughs> and that isn't to say that I hate those people. You know, every narcissist is typically a victim. Okay. They typically came from a terrible situation and they are suffering. They are full of shame and they are full of suffering. So of course I wish I could help a narcissist that would solve all the problems. It would like make all of the problems go away. If I could like eradicate narcissism at the source But unfortunately, that's not available because true narcissists, especially if they're further along in that spectrum, they can't see, they can't have the awareness to be able to look at their own behavior and look at reality without all of that shame. See, all of the shame the narcissist has makes it impossible for them to look at themselves critically not critically like self criticism, but critically like, Oh, wait a second. I said what I said because I was thinking this and I was feeling this. They don't know how to take full responsibility for their actions, their thoughts and their emotions. And that's what you need to be able to do this work. Even if you've been raised by narcissists, you know, you are able to do this work because if you're able to say, huh, I took an action. That's not what I wanted to take. Hmm. That's interesting. How can I change that action? You, you need to be able to be responsible for your actions and you you have to be in a place where you're not fully in the narcissist dynamic drama. I've had clients come to me who want to work with me, but I can't even get a word in edgewise on the consultation because they're so busy telling me how terrible this person was and this person was. And can you believe what they said? And can you believe they did that? I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Because they did that, right? And I'm, I'm trying to help them and they just can't they can't listen. It's, it's really, it's a very frustrating experience. Or I'll have clients come on the, on the call who be like, I need your help because I want to create this thing in my life. Um, but they, again, I can't get a word in edgewise because (laughs) they're too busy talking about all their accomplishments and all the things that make them amazing. And it's just, it bless their hearts. They're so sweet. So I, I don't judge them. I don't say, Oh, you're a narcissist. I can't work with you. I just say now is not the time to work with me. I recommend getting therapy first. We really need to get you out of the high fight or flight narcissist dynamic drama before you can start to work with me because I I intentionally don't work as a therapist. I could easily go out, get my license, and go be a practicing therapist, psychologist, whatever you want to call it, and have a practice and take insurance and all the things and work with actual narcissists. There are there are therapists who work with actual narcissists. It's difficult work because you know, just kind of like with a pathological liar, you, you can't really always trust what's happening in that conversation. But there are some narcissists who really try to get themselves to help. I could do that, but I choose not to because I'm a life coach. I want to help people soar. I want people to fly. I want to help people create big things and have and support their big goals. I want them to reach their goals and create things that don't exist yet. And that's, that's a new level of work. You need to have a foundation of, I take responsibility for my thoughts and emotions and actions. I don't blame anyone else. I have managed and processed through a lot of the hurt and a lot of the shame to be able to have this conversation with you right now and to be able to do the work to get where I want to be. Those are my clients. That's who I work with. I can't work with anyone else because that's just not who I want to work with. And that's a boundary. And I have, in the beginning, because I was scarce and I wanted my business to succeed, I accepted narcissist people. Well, people a little further on the narcissist spectrum. And so <laughs> it was awful. It was it was hard, hard, hard work. And we barely made any headway. And it was, it was rough. And I realized, okay, that's not who I want to work with. I can't work with people like that. And that's a boundary that I have. And so ever since, I've been able to uh say no to money on the table because of the boundary that I have and it's served me so well it's created so much peace in my business all right so those are the main things i think we touched a little bit on the roller coaster so i just want to briefly touch on that again the narcissist dynamic is an emotional roller coaster it's high highs and low lows and your brain is going to want to approach your business and the success of your business with the high highs and the low lows. It's going to be really intense. or At least it was for me. OK, I was approaching it with all of that. And it was such a roller coaster trying to work on my business because every like I got on a post, every listen I got on the podcast was like a dopamine hit. It was like, oh, my gosh, it's working. And then every post I made that got crickets and every consultation that was a no was just like this massive hit to my self-esteem, made me feel like, no, it's never going to work, right? So just, it was such a roller coaster. And getting off that roller coaster and deciding, listen, I don't care what my results look like. I'm still going to show up with the same amount of of belief and of enthusiasm for my business. I'm going to keep showing up regardless of what the results say that is going to bring you so much more peace in your business and it's going to help you practice how to get off that roller coaster in every other area of your life. How fun is that? How amazing is that? Now sometimes you're going to have the low lows. You're going to have, you're going to be feeling terrible in the business and we can do a whole podcast about that. But you have to be able to say, I am feeling terrible. That's not a problem. I'm going to allow myself to feel terrible. But I'm not going to make it mean anything about the success of my business. You're also going to have a little bit of opposition, especially if you have narcissists in your life. Your success is going to be very threatening to them. They're going to not appreciate it. So they're going to try to tear you down. They're going to try to cause doubt. They're going to try to oppose you you know, as you're dealing directly with narcissists in your life and they're going to see your business succeed or even your attempt at business, they're going to just have a panic attack about it. Well, some might. Some might not, but (laughs) they're going to come at you with all their anxiety, with all of their fears, with all of their jealousy, and they're going to try to tear you down so that they can feel better. And what you're going to do is you're going to decide number one, that's not a problem. Bless their hearts. They're having a lot of big feelings about my business right now, but I'm not going to take it on. I'm not going to adopt that for myself. I'm going to let them feel what they're going to feel, but I'm not going to let myself take on that emotion and that is an amazing practice because in the work with my clients we practice not taking on other people's emotions if you think you're an empath we need to talk because empath is not a thing empath is I have a survival mechanism that makes it so that I am hyper vigilant to everyone's emotions and I take on that emotions form for myself I take on those emotions for myself so that I can control the emotions in the room so I can make the narcissist feel better so I can I can diffuse whatever emotion there is so that I can feel safe again. It is a survival mechanism. Now, does that mean it's not a gift? I, I know. Of course it could be a gift. You can see you know, empathness as whatever you want it to see it as. But if you are living your life feeling like I can't help it, people just affect me emotionally, that's no way to live. I'm sorry. I'm just going to invite you <laughs> to not be on that roller coaster. You can have a little more control in your life than that. You don't, you do not have to be a victim to other people's emotional states around you. That is a thing that you don't have to have if you don't want it. Now, if you want it, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you, but for some people who don't want it, but feel like they don't have a choice, we need to have a conversation. Okay. So all of those things, there's just so many more. We're already almost at 45 minutes here. There's so many more things that you learn to survive your narcissist that that are going to be brought up as you go out and build your business, as you go out and build the thing that doesn't exist yet. And listen, this is true for when you go out to find your ideal partner, it, when you go out to build your family, the the family, the healthy family that you want. It's true for creating anything that doesn't exist yet. But today we're talking about business and what that looks like specifically. Uh, but it, you, these habits that you developed as you survived your narcissist is what is going to come up as you try to be successful in your business. And so you want to pay attention to those and let it be fun. Let it be a thing that's like, all right, this is an adventure. I'm going to go on an adventure. I'm going to go into the wilderness and I'm going to be met with these obstacles that I wasn't looking at. And this business is going to show me, or yeah, this business that you're creating is going to show me everything I need to know. It's going to show me all the work I need to do on myself. And uh, for my people and for the the business that I'm offering to the world. it's going to show me everything I need. So it's gonna be a, a wild ride, let me tell you. <laughs> but all along the way you could be making money and you could be serving your people and bringing good into the world all along the way. so it's just it's awesome no matter which way you slice it. And the last thing I want to talk about is the scarcity with again there's there's a lot of things, but the last one I want to talk about today is scarcity. You're gonna have, especially if you were raised in a narcissist home that also had less money or maybe you were in a situation where you're being financially abused. Financial abuse is rampant in the narcissist world, especially if you were married to a narcissist and they financially abused you. So what's going to happen is scarcity is going to come up. Scarcity is a survival mechanism. It's literally you're in survival believing that there's not enough. So your body and your brain produce chemicals in your body to motivate you to get enough somehow. And it's very stressful. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stress when your body does that. And so when you're in scarcity, you're stressed out, you are full of anxiety. You aren't, you don't have access to creativity. You don't have access to inspiration. You're just very, very scared. And when you start a business and you have a lot of that scarcity running in the background, it's going to feel like jumping off a cliff. It's going to feel like, listen, I can't take my foot off this cliff because I'm going to fall. It's going to be terrible. But the reality is scarcity is more like a, like a chain. It's like a chain on your ankle. It's like an ankle chain and it's holding you down. Scarcity is saying there's not enough and I have to be constantly vigilant of that so that I can stay safe and survive but opening a business and running a business, you cannot have that mentality. You have to have the mentality of there is more than enough and to spare. A lot of people look at making money as like, well, if I make more money then someone else has less, And I just, I don't think that's true. (laughs) We could have a discussion about that, but, but really having that mentality is not going to help in your business. You have to have the mentality of there is an infinite pie of wealth and money and success. And I get to have the piece that belongs to me. There's an amount of money that belongs to me. And I'm just going to go out and get that money. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And that success, that outlook on success is so great because then you let go of the scarcity. There's more than enough and to spare. All I got to do is go get it. But when you've been abused financially, you don't think that wealth is in your control. You don't think that exchanging value for value is in your control. You think there's not enough. And so it's really scary to put yourself out there, especially when you're first starting out. Maybe you you know, put some things on a credit card just to invest in yourself, or maybe you spend you know, half of your savings or something like that. And you're like, oh no, now I'm scarce. That's all I have to my name. I have a client, I kid you not y'all. I got a client um, who literally said, <laughs> she's like, she's half a million dollars in her bank account. She's like, that's all I have is half a million dollars. That's all the money to my name. I'm like, what? (laughs) I've never had half a million dollars in a bank account. What's happening? But that scarcity mindset that she had made her look at a massive amount of money as not enough as that's all I have to my name. There's, there's no more. (laughs) It's like, goodness gracious. If I had a half a million dollars in a bank account, I would not be thinking that I would be thinking very different things. So, scarcity can hit you at any level it can hit you at the multi-million dollar level it can hit you at the hundred million dollar level it can hit you when you're in your negative in your bank account it can hit you when you have ten dollars to name it doesn't matter how much money you have scarcity the scarcity filter will make you feel like you don't have enough no matter what so you want to take that scarcity filter off and listen I learned this lesson the hard way I was negative in my bank account and in massive amounts of debt and I was like, yeah, I created this. (laughs) I created this with my scarcity mindset. I really did though. And it was terrifying to be in the red. I mean, I had, I had emails and calls and people coming at me being like, when are you going to pay? And I was like, I literally don't know. And so you have to get out of, or I had to get out of that scarcity mindset. I had to believe that my negative money was enough. Somehow that was enough. And that helps me to produce value that I could put out into the world. And I'm grateful to say that I'm not in the red anymore, but I didn't create that and then feel better. I felt better first and then I created it. And so that is the amazing challenge that business does for you it makes it so that you are in charge of your emotions, not your circumstances, not the things outside of you. And the narcissist dynamic is to say, the thing outside of me is in control of my emotions. Because that's that's how the narc treats you and that's how they rely on you treating them, right? So they need you to think and feel and do things differently for them to feel better. And you, if you're in that dynamic, you're doing the same thing, not in the same way, but in order for you to feel like you can survive, you wanna change what's outside of you, i.e. the narcissist, uh, in order for you to feel safe. So you wanna get out of that dynamic and running a business is a perfect practice for that. It's saying, okay, what's outside of me? What's in my bank account? What's, you know, who's liking my posts? Who's reading my blogs? Who's buying my coaching or buying my services? That does not determine my emotional state. That does not determine the thoughts that I have. I choose the thoughts that I have. I choose to never be scarce, no matter what my bank account looks like. I choose to believe in myself and in my business, no matter how many likes I'm getting, no matter how many people are buying, it doesn't matter. You lead with the emotion and the thoughts and the belief. And that is the beauty of, of running a business um, and and healing. Like it, By running the business, you heal. Isn't that amazing? Whew, that was a lot. Okay. I just want to end with a story about one of my clients who recently opened up her business. And I'm just so proud of her. This is why we worked together for at least a year, because it took about six months just to dig out from under the narc drama dynamic. It took about six months to dig out of that. And now that she's out of that, she's building her business. And now we're we're, we're flipping the, the script on all of this. We're using everything that we've learned to build the business. And it's such an amazing process. And I love, love, love working with this client, all my clients. Of course I love working with. Okay. So don't worry about that, <laughs> but I love this aspect of working with clients. It's so amazing. So this client came to me, she was deep in the narcissist dynamic struggle. She just left, barely left a highly toxic, um, narcissist relationship wasn't even married to the guy yet, but was engaged. And it was so toxic and terrible. And she had already been married to another narcissist, um, several years before and had, had kids with him. And so that was, you know, she's just accumulating these narcissist experiences and hasn't been healing from them and just keeps getting herself in these situations. And this is, listen, a lot of my clients do this. They're out of the frying pan and into the fire. That's what the narcissist mindset dynamic, the effects on your brain does. It gets, it can sometimes you can be so uncomfortable in your situation that you force yourself out of it. Like you're able to free yourself and it's amazing and great job. You did that. You're awesome. But because the brain is still in deep narc brain habits, you immediately get yourself back into it and it's not your fault. And please don't shame yourself for it, but it's just what happens. And this is the work that we do to get you out of that, out of that cycle. So that's, that's the cycle she was in. But listen, this client, she is a force to be reckoned with. She is what I like to call a master manifester. I love master manifestors. I've worked with a few now and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I just want more of these clients in my life. (laughs) Master manifestors take quick action and they create the thing that they want really, really quickly. But the problem with master manifestors who have been raised by narcissists and abused by narcissists over time is that they create really quickly, terrible things that they don't want, that they really wish they didn't, but they don't know how to not create them. And so they're in your narcissist uh, affected brain. You're going to have the things that you want, like the big things, the beautiful things, the person that you want to be, but then you're also going to have your survival wants, like the, the deep subconscious survivals of like, I need to feel loved though. I need to feel safe though. I need to feel like I have enough though. Right. And that's going to always win against the thing that the, the, the thing you're trying to create, it's always going to win against the part of your brain that, that wants beautiful things. And the reason why is because your subconscious, your lower brain always wins. It will never not win because it is the survivor. It will never not win. (laughs) So the, you don't have to fight that part of you. You just have to heal it. You just have to teach it that it's safe. And that's the, that's the work that we do. So she's a master manifester and her brain was manifesting things that she did not want. And so we process through so many things we're still processing through. We still, we're still working together. It's so great. I can't wait to give you an update on all the things that she creates in the next six months. All right. So she was manifesting terrible relationships, jobs that she didn't want, and high conflict in the co-parenting relationship that she was having. And we spent the next six months letting go of so many of those effects and so many of those habits. Listen, letting go of the effects of narcissism is seriously, it's hard work. And and that's, that's why I kind of like, okay, how can I sell this? How can I sell the hard work <laughs> of healing from narcissist wounds. It is not fun, y'all. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels like the emotions are big and it's uncomfortable. I had another client who like literally every week, she was like, when does this get better? When do I feel better? I'm just like, I promise you, you will, but I can't tell you when. And that's a, that's a hard thing to sell, but it's okay. Maybe that's just a thought. I don't know. Maybe it's easy to sell. Well, we I'll work on that. Okay. So she's working really hard. She's feeling through the feelings. She's processing all of her thoughts, all of her emotions over and over and over again, week by week in the Voxer. She's getting coached. She's I'm showing her different perspectives. I'm showing her new ways to look at things. I'm challenging her old beliefs. I'm helping her process through the big emotions and release the attachment and release the control. So when you are recovering from narcissists, sometimes what some people do is they really want control of their life. And again, that's a survival mechanism. And so we help you release control of what's happening, control of what's happening with your kids when you're not there, control of what the narcissist is going to say or do, control of your outside circumstances, control of your bank account, whatever it is, You've got to release the attachment to those things because it's that attachment that creates you making decisions you don't want to make. So that's what we worked on. And as we did that, she started making new decisions. She started manifesting new things. And what's really fun about her manifestation process is that she didn't suddenly manifest everything that she wanted. She started manifesting the next level up of what it is that she wanted. So she manifested men in her life who either weren't as narcissistic or if they were, she was able to reject them immediately. (laughs) So cool. She was able to manifest a job that she wanted. That wasn't as bad as what she was coming from. It was better, but it still wasn't what she wanted, but she did manifest it. And she manifested some money, not the level of money that she wanted, but she manifested some, which I think is just so cool. She like, you could see how her brain was changing in real time based on what she was creating. It was so awesome to witness. So she's still in that process, and. Now she's opening up the business she's always wanted. And what it felt like for her was it was like she was jumping off the cliff. And I was like, listen, you have wings to fly. If you let go of the scarcity, if you let go of the thing that you think is safe, and you just jump off that cliff and go and create the thing that you actually want and let go of whatever it is that's holding you back, you are going to fly. And she did. And I'm so proud of her. And she let the creativity and the inspiration come and people that were going to help her build her business and the connections that she needed and all the things that she needed started just falling into her lap and she is building and she is creating and the emotional roller coaster is still there, but she's, she's stabilizing. She's able to say, there are big feelings there, but I'm going to keep going and I'm not going to make it mean that it's failing. I'm just going to keep going and try to find a new thing. I'm going to pivot or I'm going to Find someone else, or I'm gonna do a different thing. And she's acting on all the inspiration that she's getting, and she's getting more powerful, more peaceful. She's getting more calm and collected dealing with her co-parent. She's she's parenting her kids from a more calm place. She is taking care of herself, body and brain and soul. She's managing her thoughts. She's processing her thoughts. This girl is manifesting left and right the things that she actually wants. And she's turning away all the narcs that are like presenting themselves. It's so fun. She can like recognize them now. She's like, oh no, we're not doing that. So good. And she's setting up her boundaries. And I'm just so proud of her. So for the next six months, we're going to be working on building that business. And I can't wait to give you the update on what that's going to look like in the next six months. But I have no doubts. It's going to be amazing. She's going to be investing so much wealth and property. And I just, I'm just so excited for her. So this work, this took a lot of work. It was day in and day out. It was week in and week out. We were on calls every week, sometimes multiple calls per week. And we were on Voxer multiple times per week too. She's just processing and I am supporting her through that process. And so private coaching is truly an amazing thing. I only have space for a few private clients. So I, I have my private clients and I also have the membership. So if you want the membership, cause private client, uh, private coaching, excuse me, isn't for you right now. You can be in the membership and we're in there every week and we work on these things and we keep going. But if you want the private VIP experience where you get multiple calls, if you need them, you get Voxer coaching and support. We work on this day in, day out. We work on this consistently for at least a year that is what I offer for private coaching. And it is going to create incredible results for you because I've seen it happen over and over for my clients. So much fun. So, and here's the thing. Okay. It's not just the calls. It's not just the Voxer. It's not just, you know, the, the features of the private coaching that I offer. It's, it's you, this client, she showed up, she showed up to every call. She showed up ready to hear a new perspective. She showed up ready to make new choices about how to think and about how to feel. She showed up ready to process and unload all the big emotions so that she could have room to receive new perspectives and new ways to think and feel. And she showed up for herself. She hired me. She hired someone to be in her corner who believes in her unconditionally. She did that for herself. And that's really what it takes because I can show up and I can coach you all day long, but if you don't show up ready to be coached, it's not going to work, right? So we want, and I can help you get into a place where you can be ready to be coached. That's not a problem, but you really have to be willing. You have to be willing to make new choices and think new things and, and change and heal and process and feel. You have to be willing to feel the big emotions. I have another client who is a genius. She's so amazing. She actually Takes the journal prompts and she works on them and she allows the emotion to come up as she journals. And it's so awesome to witness her brain actually changing in front of my very eyes as she allows herself to feel so, so good. So that's what you gotta do. You gotta show up. Okay. All right. So that's the podcast today. We talked about business. We talked about how business, specifically as your vehicle for healing, is an amazing opportunity. So if you wanna start a business and you're waiting, Don't wait. You have a gift. Let's start a business. And if you want my brain on your brain and your business, let's go. Let's take it all the way. I want to work with you and I want to bring your business to life. And I want to bring this legacy that you're going to leave behind and this beautiful gift that you have to the world. That's what I offer. All right. I hope you have an amazing, amazing day. I'll see you around. Bye.